Angie has made it easier than ever to hire high-quality pros to get all your home service jobs done well. Just bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie will connect you with local pros who match your specific needs. Or book a service instantly at an upfront price. So join the millions of homeowners who use Angie to care for their homes and get your next home service job done well. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. I said to him, Mark, this is what your mechanic says. He said, yeah, well, that's probably true, but I didn't use BMW parts because... I, I figured you probably wouldn't want to pay for it. You wouldn't want to pay the cost of BMW parts. And I say to him, well, you don't even know me. This is the plaintiff, Sheila Drabeski. She says she brought her car to the defendant's repair shop to fix her steering. A month later, she had the same problem and brought it back again. That's when he told her he used bogus parts instead of BMW parts. She has to get her car repaired again by an authorized dealer and is suing the defendant for the return of her $2,473.38. This is the defendant, Mark. He says he uses aftermarket parts all the time and usually has no problems. He fixed the woman's steering, and around a week later, she started complaining her oil was leaking, and she demanded he fix it for free. Bottom line, this is a 22-year-old car with lots of problems, and the plaintiff thinks he should repair every little thing on her car because he fixed her steering? He's accused of doing a shoddy repair. The defendant has filed a countersuit for $240, the cost of his lawyer. All parties, please hit your right hand. What you are about to witness is real. The participants are not actors. They are actual litigants with a case pending in civil court. Both parties have agreed to drop their claims and have their cases settled here before Judge Marilyn Millian in our forum, the People's Court. People's Court is now in session. The Honorable Judge Marilyn Millian is now presiding. Litigants have been sworn, Your Honor. Thank you, Douglas. You're welcome, ma'am. Okay, Ms. Drapeski, you are suing Why Go to the Dealer, owned by Mr. Mark, correct? Yes, Your Honor. And you want your money back and then some for rack and pinion replacement that he did on your 98 BMW, which according to you still didn't solve your problem. So tell me what happened. Okay, well, the, all the problems began in July of 2019. Uh, we noticed that the steering wheel wasn't turning properly. It was very stiff. I normally go to another mechanic, Wellington Auto Services. I called them first, and they said that they were booked. They couldn't take me, and it would be a while. And we're only there for a short time in Florida. Originally, we're from Philadelphia. So we looked So you up, travel back and forth? We travel back and forth, and we were there in July. Um, and whenever we're there, we drive that car, which is a classic. And so... Um, what kind of car is up, this? It's a 1998 BMW 528i, and it's, in, it's, per, it's a beautiful car. So anyway, we drive the car because we don't really do much when we're there. So we noticed this problem, never had it before, 
take it to Mark, and he tells us, oh, no problem, I can fix it tomorrow. So we said, okay. So we came back in a couple of days. He did the rack and pinion, and um, we took it away, gave him the money, gave him uh, what he asked for, which was, uh, if I could see it here. $1,253.28. Uh, $1, and yes, then what correct. happens? When's the first time you notice a problem? Well, uh, we were still there. So in the beginning of August, around the, the middle or beginning of August, same problem comes back. So immediately we call them, we go back in. And Wait, what was us, the problem you noticed? What was the problem? The steering, the steering wheel would not turn properly. It was very stiff. When you would try to turn at a corner, you couldn't turn. It was, it was dangerous. Okay. So, you know, we said, you know, the problem hasn't changed. He said, well, bring it in. We bring it in. He said, oh, you need a steering wheel pump. Okay, so now I need a steering wheel pump. All right. So we tell him, put it, put it in because we need the car. So I spent another $445 for that. We drive the car off. Um, five days later, the car still goes back to the same problem. So we go back five days later, and he says, Oh, it's it's a it's faulty. The um, the steering wheel pump is faulty, so we're going to have to do a new steering wheel pump. So now this is the second steering wheel pump I'm getting in. He didn't charge me for it. Okay, he's putting in a new one. Then he said, Oh, by the way, that st first defective steering wheel pump messed up the rack and pinion that we put in. So we're going to have to replace oh, the rack and pinion. So now I got another steering wheel pump, and I have another rack and pinion that's going in. Two All right, but you weren't charged for either of those, right? I was not charged for either one. So okay. it does the work. We leave the, we're going back, coming back to Philadelphia, so we can't get it done immediately. We say, well, Mark, we will go and we'll park the car. When we get back, you'll change it. Okay, we agreed to do that. Uh, so we go back. Um, we left in October. And we come back in December. He did the repair on December 19th. All right. <laughs> Ms. Okay. Jopesky, uh, in December 19th, yes. he, he fixes the car again in December. And, yes. And you drive it away and you turn and everything's fine yes, because otherwise okay. you bring it right back. And then when right. does it go bad again? It goes bad December 24th, Christmas Eve, when we try to Okay, go so at some point car. in January, you tell him, I want my money back. Correct? No, in January 17th, we're talking to his mechanic, and he says to us, well, I've told Mark many times that he should have never used knockoff parts. He should use BMW parts, because this is a BMW. You don't use these kind of parts. That's why this is what his mechanic says. So, Do you have an affidavit from his much. mechanic? No, I don't have anything from his mechanic. I don't even know his name. So... We go into the office to get an invoice from Mark, and I say to him, Mark, this is what your mechanic says. He said, yeah, well, that's probably true, but I didn't use BMW parts because I, I figured you probably wouldn't have wanted to pay for it. You wouldn't have wanted to pay the cost of BMW parts. And I say to him, well, you don't even know me. You, how would you know what I would want right. to pay? I paid you what you right. asked for for this. Right. I didn't even know you used knockoff knock parts. I'm assuming... Now, assuming when you say knockoff parts, give me a moment, Mr. Pesky. Mr. Mark, when mm -hmm. she talks about knockoff parts, what is she talking about? I don't know what she's talking about. I inform all my customers. And by the way, hello, Your Honor. I inform all my customers that I use aftermarket parts. And if the part 
it, like as an option, then I would give them the factory part, but I inform them that we always put aftermarket parts on. And the aftermarket parts usually work on the cart, no problem. Do you have any paperwork that would reflect what you're saying that says um, um, I, we're using aftermarket? Uh, not in the paperwork, but I told her that we're using aftermarket parts in the beginning. Oh, watch this. Did he tell you he was using aftermarket parts in the beginning? <laughs> I have no idea right. what See, that means. Here's the thing. You should always put that in the paperwork. Because um, I know that usually there's not a problem. A, a lot of people use aftermarket parts. They're not knockoff. They're not useless. But on a BMW, I don't know that it was ever wise to use our aftermarket parts. So um, did your uh, employee, did she tell you, hey, your employee just told me there's no way this is going to work with aftermarket? Did she, like, actually complain to you and say that to you? No, I don't remember that at all, Your Honor. What happened was she called me up. She wanted her car fixed. I gave her a price on fixing the power steering pump. Okay, we I don't have to go that steering. far back. Okay. okay, but hold on for me, because we don't have to go okay. that far back because there's really no dispute about anything. You acted totally appropriately. You couldn't have been nicer. You keep fixing the car every time she comes. You're honoring the warranty. Here's the problem, though. She doesn't want to visit you. You ain't her boyfriend. She doesn't want to see you all the time. She wants to be one and done. And so as it turns out, it looks like maybe the aftermarket parts aren't working on the BMW. Like I was trying to say is, when she bought the car to me the first time, I put an aftermarket part in. And then I, we flushed it out and we put a, a power steering pump on. And then she said she couldn't come back until after November because I said I replaced the rack and pan because she was away. And I said, okay, when you come back, we're on the phone with the parts guy. And she demanded to speak to my parts guy. My parts guy said, don't worry, we'll replace the rack and painting. I replaced the rack and painting again. And then I flushed it again. Okay, I did everything that I could. The, um, I told her that I said, listen, I said, obviously, after flushing it, two rack and pinions and a power steering pump, there's a problem with the car. It must have to have a rack and pinion part. And that's why I got the factory part there. I told the factory part is this much money. I said, the part that you paid for. When you I say factory part, you off. mean an actual BMW, BMW. which is funny because the name uh, of your you business have, is Why you Go to the Dealer. That's the actual yes. name of his business is Why Go to the Dealer. That's who you went yes. to. Why go to the dealer? And then um, yes. apparently go to the dealer. All right. So, uh, well, actually, I, you still don't have to go to I, the dealer. You just got to get the dealer part. But right. all right. So I, I then offer... you tell her, all right, I'll replace it. But you got to pay the difference between the aftermarket part and the BMW part, because right. obviously the BMW part is much more expensive. Right. Good. right. And I did said, you ever tell her I didn't think you'd want to pay the difference? No, I never told her that. I, I, I gave her the option of afterwards, not in the beginning. I told her I'm using an aftermarket part. I didn't give her, I didn't, she asked as a factory, I said, no, it's aftermarket. And I explained to her, aftermarket parts usually work all the time. Nine out of 10 times, we never have a problem with them whatsoever. Not whatsoever. So that's why I buy aftermarket. Yeah. And the reason why. Yeah, no, I, you know, most, there shouldn't be a problem unless there's a problem. Right. And then now we right. have a problem. So her feeling right. is, and I know she's suing you. Let's talk about all the things. Is that a real lobster on your wall? It's a lobster I caught, yes. Get out of here. That yeah. is a scatty wampus. Yes, oh, wow. five pounds. Yeah, I love diving. Wow. Did you, wait, did, you ate it, right? You ate the oh, innards. Oh, yeah, ate them. Yeah, oh, ate the yeah. okay, because I mean, otherwise, all right. Okay, let me ask you, Ms. Drapeski. You're suing for all kinds of stuff. By the way, have you gotten the car fixed? Have you taken it somewhere to get fixed? Well, pandemic came, 
and the car sitting in a garage. So we haven't really gone back to do anything yet. I came. Are you are you spending the pandemic in Florida or in Pennsylvania? No, I'm in Pennsylvania, but I came back to file the second lawsuit. I came down there on purpose because I was so determined to bring him to court. I decided, okay, I lost the first 230, but I'm going back and I'm going to sue the business. I just have to, no matter. Okay, so well, let's let's back up a second and explain what you're talking about. The next thing you're suing for is $230.60 in a filing fee because you filed how on online? Well, what I did is I initially I filed in person, but all the uh, because you were here still, and then you sued him personally. Instead of suing yes. the business. Uh, correct. Okay. And then you and go to court. You hire a lawyer, which is the subject of your, of your counterclaim. Well, and the lawyer charges uh, I, you 240 bucks to, well, to move lawyer, to dismiss it. Yeah, go ahead. My lawyer, my, I contacted my lawyer and I said, um, I, told, I called her up and I said, you can't sue me personally. You have to sue the corporation because I'm protected in Florida. I'm an S corporation. And my lawyer then contacted the judge and asked the judge why are they suing Mr. Mark from Why You're the Dealer? And then the judge sent out a letter asking Ms. Penske about why you're suing Mark. Well, she never responded. So the judge dismissed the case without prejudice against me. Okay. Then now, she the f- way then- that works, because it makes it sound as though your lawyer is talking to the judge over lunch. That's not how it- your lawyer files a no. motion to dismiss saying right. you can't sue him personally, which you can't because you didn't do business with him personally. You did it with the corporation. He's protected. That's how corporations work. You filed the wrong way. And so now you and that judge dismisses your suit and you are suing him. For the $230 for the suit that you filed wrong? Mm-hmm. Well, yes. Now, how do you figure? On what planet would there's that be appropriate? Well, all right. There's a catch to this. The judge and $104 to fly back to file it, right? There. Yes. Right. And he's and supposed to pay that. That's not happening. So really, order. let's talk about the real thing. The real thing okay. here is that, according to you, you still have a problem. Have you taken it to be fixed anywhere else? No, but I contacted my original um, service provider, which is Wellington, and asked them what would it cost at this point in time to fix my car. Now, ironically, I said, well, you know, I have a rack and pinion that Mark put in there. It's not the original that I normally had. He said, well, where do you get that from? Because I've searched everywhere for every vendor and I can't find any rack and pinions. So we're going to have to rebuild the rack and pinion that's in there. That's why the price is different from what um, maybe Mark paid. It's it's like $800 difference that I'm going to have to pay to get this thing rebuilt. Mark, how much was it that you told her she would have to pay in order for you to purchase the the BMW part? How much more was it? I believe you have the receipt from BMW that says how much the the factory rack and painting there is. So, so Mark, you then tell her um, it'll be another $500. She doesn't like it. And but you would have resolved it for $500. I, I, what I, what I, she would, she, what I told her was, she said she wanted all her money back, right? And I said, well, the factory rack and pay is seventeen hundred dollars and change, and you have the paperwork from BMW, 
And so I told her, well, just tack the, the 500 from what you paid, and check 500 change from the 1700 change, and then I'll eat the labor, and you gotta pay a difference for the factory rack and pinion. Now, the funny part oh, is she so said- Oh, so it would've been a difference only... between the part that cost 500 and the part, so it would be an additional 1200. Se well, yeah. yeah, she would have paid $1,200 right. because she, she did pay for the 500 for the rack and pinion, and it's not her fault that the rack and pins didn't work to do them. So I, I, I'm, not, I'm a fair guy. Angie has made it easier than ever to hire high-quality pros to get all your home service jobs done well. Whether it's routine maintenance and emergency repair or a dream project, Angie lets you compare quotes from multiple local pros, browse homeowner reviews, and even book a service instantly. Angie's been connecting people with skilled pros for nearly 30 years. So the next time you have a home project, bring it to Angie to get your job done well. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. I do not agree with you, Mr. Pesky, that um, he has to pay for BMW parts. It Fire. obviously costs a lot more to have dealer that. parts. I need you to listen. I need you to listen, though. Okay. You know, nowhere does it say they're BMW parts. And the fact is, 80% of these repairs will be with... You know, I'm throwing out the number 80, but a really large majority are going to be aftermarket parts unless you go to the dealer. And you went to a guy whose business is called Why Go to the Dealer? So it's kind of funny, but it's not. The difference that you are going to have to pay to get BMW parts is something that is not, I'm not going to find him responsible for. The work that you did for her for $1,253.28, that was entirely for the rack and pinion, and that's what is a problem. She has had this problem and had to come back to you over and over and over. So here's how I'm gonna rule. He does not have to pay for your filing fee for the first case. He does not have to pay for your flight to come down, and he does not have to pay the difference between aftermarket and BMW parts. On your counterclaim against her, you need to go seek your lawyer's fees in that case that got dismissed. And on your lawsuit against him, this repairman told you that for $884.92, he would rework that rack and pinion? Yes. He, this, the full price Because was you can't get parts thanks to COVID? I don't know if it's, it's related available. to COVID or what is it? But he said they would have to rebuild that rack and pinion that's in my car. And they gave you the quote of $884.92? No, they gave me a quote, total quote, of 2000 It's on the Wellington um, I got receipt. it. I got it. Yeah, so that's the cost. And it's an $800 difference between what Mark no, I understand what charged me. All right, here's what I'm going to do. When you go to get that job done you have them give you the part. And if you return it to Mr. Mark, then he will return that $500.
I am ordering him to return to you now the labor part of that job. The amount you paid him for it was $12.53. Then the part itself is $500 and the rest was what? Labor? It was uh, labor and you have fluids. You have labor and fluid and taxes. All right. The fluid, so the fluid I'm going to order taxes. him to return <sighs> that portion, which is labor, because it didn't do you any good. That's $753. And if you return that $500 rack and pinion, to him, then I'll order him to return the other $500. But if you want to use it, it's not free. So that's my verdict. And I wish you all good luck and nothing on the counterclaim. Thank you, Your Honor. Well, what about my rack and peas not getting it back? So the judge decides that the defendant is having to give the uh, plaintiff the labor cost back. That's it. Uh, she doesn't get the full $2,400, that's for sure. Let's talk to him, the defendant, Mark. Uh, Mark, let me ask you a quick question. One gets the impression sometimes there are some cars that maybe it just pays to, to use factory parts and not use off-market parts. Would you agree with that or not? Well, it depends on the year, make, and model and how old the car is because, you know, sometimes it's not available. When her part was available and it still is available and, you know, I gave her, and I told her it's an aftermarket part in the begin very beginning. She knew it was an aftermarket part that I was giving on her car. I offered her the $500 back, and the judge feels that I owe labor. I don't know why. It's not my fault the part didn't work. All right, sir. Well, thank you very much. All right, Mr. Pesky, what are you, what are you thinking right now? What are you going to do? Well, idea? Um, I think there was a disconnect because the judge doesn't understand now. If I give him back the rack and pinion, Where's my original rack and pinion that he took out? Well, that's the judge's decision here. Uh, and if you have a question, obviously call him and ask him. He'll tell you whether he still has it or not. Thank you very much. Okay? And that'll wrap up the case. Let's join the judges for another session of After the Verdict. These cases that involve mechanical repairs to cars that just don't come out right are like the worst possible cases for judges to sort out. Yeah. Because they can be really complicated. They're complicated, they're not easy to resolve, but when both parties are mad at you, like these two are, <laughs> unsatisfied, that probably means you got it right. Well, you know, the thing is, yeah, she doesn't have her old rack and pinion because it was faulty. Everybody right. agrees that her rack and pinion originally right. was faulty. There right. was no question about that. So right. what's that? That was no good. Yes, you don't have that, you know but that, was that is worth zero right. because that's why you brought the car in right. to begin with. And now with she has a rack faulty. and pinion in the car. Right. She got back every penny he charged her for the rack and pinion. Right. Except for the part. And if she returns it, she'll get that as well. Exactly. But if she doesn't return it, then she got the value of having a part because a part costs money. Exactly. And her previous part is worthless. So I didn't think she would be returning that rack and pinion. Right. But then, then what she got, which is fair, I think, is the rest of the money. Right. Well, she also in the, initially in another lawsuit tried to file a lawsuit against him personally. And of course, the reality is that case gets dismissed by a Florida judge because corporate identity has meaning and it's right. important. And the reason people like this mechanic, Mark, who seems like an honest mechanic, the reason they take the risk of opening a small business like that is because corporate identity limits their liability and they're not going to be financially ruined right. by something that goes wrong. Right. They won't so, lose their, their house and their personal possessions and their car. You know, so, they're protected. I don't think she's ever going to be able to sue him personally unless she can no, show she can never gross say, negligence why, or right. an intentional tort or something right. of that nature, right? Right, right. So Rich wants to know this. Hey, Harvey. Uh, Judge Millian just recently rendered a $3,000 judgment against a 15-year-old juvenile uh, who was accused of shooting out a car window with a BB gun. 
What is the youngest age an individual can be found liable in a civil court of law? Wow, that is a good question. I am telling you, we have had people's court cases. I want to say that there was a kid five or six years old who was found liable. His parent was also found liable for negligent supervision. Um, but typically, a child needs to know right from wrong before they can be personally sued for negligence. And that's one of the reasons why it is incumbent on parents to supervise their children. Because if they don't know right from wrong and they can't be sued, the parents sure can if they're not supervising. When a child knows right from wrong will depend. And that's why judges will ask young kids questions about whether they understand the distinction before they actually get up on the stand. If they don't understand the distinction, they can't go up on the stand, but also they probably can't be sued, but their parents can. That will do it for this case. Litigants for the next case are inside the courtroom. This is the plaintiff, Justin Medeiros. He says he hired the defendant to move him from Massachusetts to Florida, and she botched the job and damaged his stuff. If that weren't bad enough, the truck she used wasn't big enough to hold all of his stuff, and he had to rent a truck himself and drive his remaining belongings to Florida himself. He's suing for $4,850. This is the defendant, Vanessa Gonzalez. She says she personally inspects all the stuff that comes to her warehouse on interstate moves. All of the plaintiff's things look fine, and he never complained about anything after his shipment arrived. Then, he files this lawsuit and states his whole shipment was destroyed. What a lie! She is accused of making some bad moves. All parties. Please use your right hands. Welcome back to the People's Court. Next case on the docket, the plaintiff says he hired the defendant's moving company, but when it came time for the move, uh, they brought a truck that was way too small. He ended up having to rent his own truck and then drive his stuff from Massachusetts to Florida. Now, the defendant says the guy lied about how many things he had to get a cheaper price. It's the case of nothing but bad moves. Thank you, Douglas. You're welcome, ma'am. Mr. Medeiros, you decided that you were going to move from where to where? Massachusetts to Florida. Good move. Where in Florida? Cape Coral. Okay. So when you make that decision, you have to hire a moving van to take your belongings from Massachusetts to Cape Coral. And how is it that you find the defendant's moving company? So I researched them online um, by Google. I came across a Boca company, and um, they quoted me a price of the inventory I had for $1,500. And well, you're the one who tells them what you have, right? And yes. so yep. what do you do you have any record of what you told them you had? Yes. It's in a text. Okay, message. did you submit that into evidence? I did. And that would be a text message from Paul. And it had my whole inventory and then what he was quoting me. I have a 60 inch TV, an electric fireplace, large artificial plant, three seater couch, love seat, bed frame, mattress and dresser, end table, two large ottomans. A mower, a mirror, some wall decor. And so you're negotiating the price. Mm -hmm. And then they. Says he got me for a total of 14. Settle on 1500. Now, according to you, Ms. Gonzalez, when your movers get there, it's not what he had stated on the list. It's significantly more. What else more was it? 
So basically when my guys show up at a home as stated on the broker's contract, as well as ours, it goes by cubic feet or by pounds, whichever, however, the broker decided to book the job and the contract. Um, in his case, it's based off cubic feet. In this particular case, his items went up to 600 cubic feet. And that's all, it, there was more. There was more stuff, but I guess he decided that this was the max cap and that's what we loaded and that's what we took. But what I don't understand is if I, if, if the, the broker is your agent who books your stuff and I tell them this is what I have and they give me a price, what right do you have to then go to the homeowner's house on the day of the move and say, now nah, your, your stuff weighs more than it should. If, if it's by weight, well, it the broker better the be going over. Yeah, but, but you, now you got them hostage. You see, I know that people in his position are constantly under-inflating. They always say, oh, it's just a few odds and ends, and it's a lot more. But I also know that people in your position often then say, when you have a gun to their head because it's the day of their move, oh, no, it's going to cost you a lot more. So I'm trying to figure out where this falls in that continuum, right? So you guys get there, and you guys tell him. We give a revise before we touch anything. You give him a, re you, how many times, what percentage of your cases do you end up giving a revised at the scene? Uh, sometimes there is, there's uh, maybe 40%. So you give him a revised contract and you tell him if you want us to move you, you got to pay us X. And all of a sudden it goes from 1500 to what? His to grand total came out to 3575. However, on his inventory list, on his original with the broker, he had 22 items and 40 pieces, and we loaded uh, 70, 80, 90, 100. Okay. So um, in any event, what ends up happening is you do agree to the different move price, correct? And in fact, even that truck isn't enough. You end up having to rent another truck to take all your stuff down. The, and you gave away a bunch of stuff, right, Mr. Medeiros? Yes, Judge, and I'm Okay, you so if it's good enough for you, it's good enough for me. You have a new agreed-upon price, and you sign that. And then you even have more stuff you want to take because you turn around and you have to rent a vehicle. But what the real meat and potatoes here is not that you're suing for the added cost. You're saying they destroyed your stuff. So talk to me. Tell me what happened. Yes, so they damaged... Um... A 60-inch Vizio TV. Okay. How old was that TV? Uh, it was purchased last year around the holidays, uh, right after Thanksgiving. Do you have a receipt for it? Um, I do not. All right, so let's move on. What else? Uh, you've got here bureau leg. What happened? Bedroom Your bureau set. leg came off? Yep. Is that the footboard of the same bedroom set? So Is that the same, the same bedroom, bedroom set? set but it's but it's three different pieces from it. So it's the headboard, the footboard, and the bureau legs. Okay, and how old is this bureau set? It's a little over a year old. Do you have a, a proof of that? Because it looks older than that to me. I do not have a receipt for that, no. Okay, and then you're also claiming for the leather love seat. So let's see the things you're claiming. There's this scratch here. Mm -hmm. There's the erosion of bonded leather because I can see that that's what it is. It's just the bonded leather. It's the pleather, basically, because it's just a, you understand, you know what bonded leather is? It's when they take all the little bits of leather and melt it together and then put it on top. It's not an actual hide. That, I recognize that peeling because I've had bonded leather, you know, for years. Um, 
where that happens, which is why I don't have bonded leather anymore. So tell me how that would be the mover's fault. So on the inventory list, it states the conditions and everything that something is in, okay? And if you see on the conditions of the sofa, that's exactly all the damages that's listed from my foreman on the day of the pickup. That's the only thing that has damages out of all his inventory list. It's yep. only the sofas. What say you about that, Mr. Medeiros? Um, I'm looking at that that she put. There was there was no damages. This is uh, about a year and a half old. I'm still paying on it. Um, it's not bonded leather. It's That's really lovely. Enough. You have no receipt for it, and I have evidence that they said it was completely damaged, and you signed the inventory list. Oh, so I, oh, I why a, would you sign I it if it says it was damaged? It. I have a receipt for it. Why would you sign the inventory list that says that the sofa was already damaged if it wasn't already damaged? I have no idea, ma'am. I think I know why, because you don't want to have to pay this much for the move. That's why. But here's, we've got a, an additional problem. Ms. Gonzalez, what, did you ever, according to you, he never filed a claim, but according to him, never. he submitted it. Yeah, but he, he, ha, he gave me a copy of a claim he submitted. They never sent me anything, and I never heard from that man. And, you know, when he claims that everything was damaged, he has my direct cell phone number. I am the owner of the company, and I'm very involved with all customers. Okay, that man never reached out to me since his delivery. And Not for true. somebody to have all these damages, the first thing you're going to do is call, especially that you have contact with me. I never. Did. Right. $4,850 worth of damages that you're suing for. Tell me, uh, did you ever call the company? Absolutely. I called the company. I talked to Jessica. I sent you the text messages. Jessica is not my company. That's the broker. Okay. Tell I, me uh, what happened, though. You spoke to the broker and what? Um, she said that she's very sorry about this and to go ahead with making a move claim. I sent a claim in. Okay. I actually even have the claim back. So to say I never contacted Okay, and them, what happened with the claim? The claim, they said that they want to give me $144. Right. Because that's a third party. That's not somebody in my office. Okay, but you're Okay, it doesn't really matter much, folks. It is the claims management company for, is this, how does this work? Are you a franchise, Ms. Gonzalez? Uh, no. No, I'm not a franchise, uh, but I do use a third party for my claims. Now, okay, this what say, that says that he finds insulting is that they offer him $144. So you explain to me what the problem seems to be here. So there, we have a form here, which all customers sign. Unless they purchase full coverage, they're only 60 cents per item per pound. That's what the state requires us to cover. Mr. Medeiros, when you signed the documents, you are offered an opportunity to insure your stuff. And the contract that you signed gives you two options. Option one is you pay to fully insure your stuff. Option two is costs you nothing, which is your preferred price, but if something gets damaged, you are limited to 60 cents per pound. You picked option two. You're insulted at $144. That's 240 pounds at 60 cents a pound. You tell me, why did you pick option two, and now you are suing as though you had picked option one, which would have cost you, let's see, I don't know, an extra grand, I guess, with a $500 deductible or $750 with a $1,000 deductible. Why is it that you did not insure your stuff, and now you're complaining? Because you see, this is a contract. I didn't sign this contract. You did. You see? Okay. So in the contract, 
You waive your right to claim all these damages unless you cover yourself by paying extra for the insurance. You chose the cheaper version. By the way, almost everybody who is in your shoes as a litigant chose the cheaper version. You know who doesn't end up a litigant? The people who don't choose the cheaper version. They end up making an insurance claim and getting their money. But the ones who end up in litigation miraculously have always chosen option two. Now, if you choose option two, why is it that you're suing for five grand when you're limited? Did you not read what you were signing? Welcome back to the People's Court. So who's moving into the winner's circle? We'll find out right now. They told me that they were fully insured, um, door to door, uh, everything wrapped, everything taken care of. That's what I was told. On top of that, Judge, so? why would I pay? I was already charged double what I was, what, over double than what I thought I was going to pay. So now you're saying another $1,000. And on top of that, I'm paying a professional company to do a job. If that's the case, then, I mean, I would have done it myself. Um, Maybe you should have. He also refused. But no, excuse me. There's no question. There's no question pending. Ms. Gonzalez, hold on. I've been doing this alone my whole life. Okay? Listen to me, Mr. Medeiros. You Uh made a gamble. And when you make a gamble, there's a chance you're going to lose. So why should I pay another $1,000? No problem. Lo barato sale caro. The cheap comes out expensive sometimes. So you took a gamble and you lost and you want to pretend you didn't take a gamble? This is your contract. No, I don't want to pretend, ma'am. This is your contract. This is your contract. In your contract, you say, I waive my right to sue for anything other than 60 cents a pound. So I'm holding you to your contract. I see a broken TV. I know it happens sometimes. I'm ordering Ms. Gonzalez that uh, you can put this through with your claims people or however it works, that they in fact pay the $144 that they offered him. That's my verdict. Good luck, folks. Thank you. Thank you, Your Honor. So the plaintiff fails in his lawsuit and he's held to what he signed in the contract. I wonder what his decision is and how it's bothering him. Let's find out. Mr. Medeiros, how do you feel right now after the judge made her decision? What are you thinking? I mean, I don't know how you pay a company uh, $4,000 and then they make $5,000 worth of damage. You're talking up to $9,000 and I'm going to get 144 bucks. kind of slap in the face. Well, unfortunately, you got to live with it because you signed that contract. There's not much you can do now. You understand that, don't you? The judge's hands were tied. I understand that. All right. I'm sorry for you. I know, I know you're not happy. I wouldn't be either. All right, Ms. Gonzalez, does this kind of thing happen a lot? The judge seems to think a lot of people always take the, the cheaper option. Is, is she right? They do. They do. And a lot of people refuse packing materials and... You know, we just have to wrap it with a regular blanket. It's going cross-country. It's going on several trucks. Things may happen. That's why it's very, it's highly suggested to get uh, extra insurance. All right. Well, congratulations. Thank you very much. All right. Thank let's you. see what the judges Thank think you. about this. Thank you. pleasure. <laughs> and here they are. Time for another session of After the Verdict. Every time you enter into a contract, Marilyn, you're gambling. You're gambling on one end, I'm gambling on the other end, that you're going to be able to provide certain goods or services, and I'm going to be able to provide the money at the moment of truth, et cetera. And it's no different with a moving company, right? Right. Uh, but, you know, buy the, right, buy the insurance you intend to enforce. You right, know? right. When you go into that moving company casino, you have a choice. You can take option A or option B. And option A is kind of crappy when you only get 60 cents a pound for stuff that gets damaged. But the reality is when you move, 
stuff's going to break. Yeah. The, your, the house you're leaving is going to get damaged. The house you're moving into is going to get damaged. It's not a, a perfect world. Stuff, <laughs> a bunch of your stuff is going to get broken. In fact, you and I just moved our three daughters from Miami to D.C. Uh, last month. And we and did it ourselves. We did it ourselves. We and did it ourselves. People thought I was nuts, and you were nuts. Yeah, the kids were whining about it, too. This but... is why. And... Right, but in this case, he ended up complaining that he had to get a bit. He right. mismanaged his move, either on purpose or through incompetence. Right. He mismanaged the quote. So he really has nothing to be angry about in trying to recoup it on the other end. And that bed that he was showing was not worth the kind of money that he was asking no. either. Not that it matters, because at the end of the day, it's the contract, the contract, the contract. Absolutely. And hey, it, moving is either the American adventure or the American nightmare. Right. So <laughs> sometimes it's a little bit of both. So Lori wants to know this. Hey, Harvey, if somebody gets hurt on my porch, are my husband and I responsible to pay all the medical bills? Well. Not if you're not negligent, Lori. If they trip over their own feet, you're not responsible. If, however, the porch isn't level and they hit something that they couldn't have seen, then you're going to be on the hook. It all depends on negligence. See you next time.